Welcome to the meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission for June 15th, 2023. The time is 4.30. I'm Margot Schaub and I serve as the Library Commission Affairs Analyst. This meeting is being held in person in the main library auditorium and available to view or listen to on WebEx. Members of the public can observe the meeting using the WebEx system by following the link in the library's event calendar or by calling 415-655-0001 and entering access code 2598-120-7384. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call in for each item on the agenda. We will conduct public comment with attendees in the CRET first and then move to WebEx for public comment. Each comment is limited to three minutes unless otherwise noted. To make public comment when connected by phone, please raise your hand by dialing star three to be added to the remote queue for the agenda item you intend to comment on. Individuals joining by WebEx should click the raise hand button to be added to the queue. Mike Smith with Media Services Operations will moderate, moderate WebEx virtual public comment. Mr. Smith will call upon WebEx attendees by name or by caller number to prompt each attendee who wishes to provide public comment. If we experience any technical issues with WebEx, we will recess and try to address the issue. Please try logging back into WebEx if there are technical problems. Library commissioners in attendance are Vice President Pete Wong, Commissioners Mall, Lopez, and Bolander. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to the June 15th, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission. Uh, to those here with us in the Correct Auditorium, we're delighted to see you and we're very pleased to welcome our virtual audience via the WebEx platform. We have a full meeting ahead and we will start with the Ramatush Ohlone Land Acknowledgement. The area now known as San Francisco is the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the original peoples of this land, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place. We recognize that we benefit from living, working, and learning on their traditional homeland. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community. If you have not already done so, all the materials for this meeting are available for download on the Library Commission page of the library's website, sfpl.org. Today we have a total of five agenda items. We begin with item number one, which is general public comment. Uh, operations, just to check, how many people have joined us via WebEx today? Have um, Has anyone raised their hand uh, to offer public comment? Mr. Vice President, at this time, we have five attendees in the WebEx, and none have raised their hand for public comment. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to start with general public comment from members of the public, public present here in the Corral Auditorium, and then take public comment from anyone who does raise their hand um, through WebEx. General public comment is now open here in the correct. Is there, um, is there anyone who would like to offer public comment here? Good afternoon, this is Peter Warfield, head of Library Users Association. Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California 94117-0544. Um, I have three major points. 
First of all, the uh, Mission Local uh, and the KQED had stories fairly recently about the library's uh, cutoff of after-hours Wi-Fi at the Eureka Valley Harvey, Harvey Milk branch. Other libraries around the country have gotten pressure to remove books and their administrations and their librarians have resisted such pressures. Here in San Francisco, while we haven't heard about pressures about books or removal, what do we have? We have a few people in one story numbering 16 from the neighborhood and a supervisor, Raphael Mandelman, pressuring the library to cut service off after hours at that branch. And what happens here? They did it. They cut service in response to pressure. And this was despite presumably their own presumably careful study previously that showed no correlation between any kind of crime and Wi-Fi being on or off. And 526 unique users were using uh, that facility during the test period, which was one week on, one week off for six weeks, so presumably for three weeks. This is not only ugly, but it is harming service to everybody who might want to use it. And in addition, the library previously, some six years ago or so, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to anti-homeless proof the library with a very expensive landscaping and ornamental railing change at that branch. Um, I did want to mention that I've repeatedly mentioned the serious harms from social media. The Surgeon General said it's an urgent matter that policymakers should be considering seriously, and it is especially uh, harmful to kids. Um, uh, there's another issue with tech, and that is you're not advertising phone access to Zoom meetings in ways that people without a computer can know it exists or get it. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Is there any further public comment from attendees in the correct today? General public comment? That's right. My name is Robert Livingston. Like the city librarian, Mr. Lambert, I came to San Francisco from South Carolina. Like him, one of my first jobs was working in the public library in Columbia where I shelved books. Like him, I graduated from the University of South Carolina, whose motto is, learning humanizes character and does not permit it to be cruel. That is my own message. The San Francisco Public Library has an illustrious history of protecting freedom of speech and thought. That task is never more vital or needed. I count on the library to shoulder that task, no matter how difficult, especially when we're buffeted by one catastrophic disaster after another, disease, inequality, and war. They seem to be always with us. We've yet to face the big one or the earthquake that scientists predict is certain. What else? Nuclear war as politicians, demagogues among them, 
typically remind us everything is on the table. The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists tells us we live in danger. 90 seconds to midnight. For centuries, people believed, and many still do, that all is for the best. Why fight circumstances? In his novella Candide, the towering Enlightenment philosopher Voltaire exposed the foolishness of reactionary optimism. His message, his message was, no, we do not live in the best of all possible worlds. We live in a world that has to be changed. My message today is simple. Fight censorship and unpopular thought with all your might. San Francisco does not burn books. San Francisco does not hush people who think differently. Why? We defend the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. I wish to give to each commissioner and the city librarian an article written by David Walsh, a veteran writer at the World Socialist website. He wants us to know how society silences unpopular speech and thought by those whose ambitions require hate and war. His article from yesterday is author Elizabeth Gilbert suspends novels publication due to protests by Ukrainian nationalists. Books, authors, artists, and libraries, they are the repositories of our collective memory and consciousness. When I think that our library, our library, our commissioners, and head can lead a fight against all censorship to defend us in a time of unprecedented cha challenges, I'm thrilled. Thank you very much. And I want to pass it to each and every one of you, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll take care of it. Each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Corette? Hello, commission oh. Hello, commissioners. The, I'm Michael Vincent and Almercanti. Uh, I do communications at the Friends of the Library. Um, I'm here to just tell you a little bit about what's been happening at Friends. Uh, we had our book sale block party. So this was a huge block party. Um, saw some of y'all there. Um, uh, it was a wonderful event for the community. We were able to sell a ton of books. Over a thousand people showed up. And um, right in Petrero Hill between Wisconsin and Carolina. Um, we're so happy that the community is so enthralled to support the library in this way. And um, who knows, maybe we'll have more block parties. I know there's a lot of uh, community initiatives out there in support. Also, um, Summer Stride is on its way. Um, we are thrilled. Um, I've heard some news um, in a meeting earlier about how great Summerstride is doing, and you know I'll wait for those presentations. Uh, but yes, uh, what an incredible program, and we're so absolutely proud to be able to fund it and help fund uh, the uh, incredible program for every San Franciscan, no matter age, uh, demographic, um, everyone is a part of Summerstride, and we're so happy. So thank you so much. Thank you. Any further public comment from attendees here in the Karat? Seeing that there's none, uh, we're going to turn to general public comment through WebEx. Members of the public who wish to make public comment on WebEx, please press star three to line up to speak or press the raise hand button. Operations, if there are any commenters in the remote queue, please begin to put the commenters through. Mr. Vice President, at this time, there are no commenters in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow commenters to raise their hand. 
Mr. Vice President, at this time, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you very much. Hearing no further requests for comment, general public comment is now closed. We now turn to item number two, which is discussion and possible action to approve the May Commission meeting minutes. We'll first open public comment before our commission discussion on this item. Um, we're gonna take public comment from members of the public here in Corette and then take public comment from those attending via WebEx. Uh, we welcome everyone's comments and as a reminder, public comment is a time for the pu public to comment or provide feedback on the issues before the commission, not for questions. Public comment is now open here in the Corette. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. I have to disagree with the uh, chair of this meeting. People can ask all the questions they want. Uh, you may not be obligated to answer them, though you may answer questions by, for example, referring them to somebody who uh, uh, may be able to provide more information and so on and so on. People have every right to ask all the questions they like. With respect to the uh, minutes, we heard a previous speaker talk about censorship, and this is certainly one of the places where the library exercises maximum censorship by leaving out things or stating them in ways that are not clear or even reverse at times the meaning of the speaker. Uh, you've eliminated from my comments every single time that I mentioned the mailing address for Library Users Association, and you have uh, only provided the email address once when I have said it repeatedly. Uh, I have often said that it's important what I say, and I'd like that to be in the minutes. That's for people, for example, who can't come up here and say, oh, you said something interesting or I disagreed with something and then talk to the speaker as in a regular public meeting. Uh, that's what happens when there are remote folks. Second, so I'd like all of the contact information every time I've said it. Uh, I have repeatedly said that um, Francis Haugen from, uh, formerly from Facebook gave very compelling testimony and isn't the only one who's concerned with the issue of social media dangers to the public and especially to kids, and that the library shouldn't be touting Facebook and the other social media as it does in its media all the time. Uh, I also requested from each of the commissioners their email address and mentioned that the Sunshine Task Force has found the library in violation for not providing those when we asked for it and uh, I've given my address repeatedly. I would like to have email addresses so that I can contact commissioners if I wish to. Haven't done it very often. Um, there are a range of other things uh, with respect to the comments on the minutes. Uh, there was, I mentioned Frances Haugen again in the Senate and her testimony about the toxicity, especially for kids that Facebook represents. Um, and I guess that's about all the time I have. I did mention an adjournment that several of the commissioners had good ideas that should be followed up in subsequent meetings. Thank you. Thank you. 
is a further public comment from the attendees in the correct. Seeing that there's none, we'll turn to public comment through WebEx. Members of the public who wish to make public comment on WebEx, please press star three to line up to speak or press the raise hand button. Operations, if there are any commenters in the remote queue, please begin to put the commenters through. Mr. Vice President, at this time, there are no commenters in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow commenters to raise their hand. Mr. Vice President, there are no commenters in the queue at this time. Thank you very much. Hearing no further requests for comment, public comment is now closed and we move to the commission discussion and action on item number two. Do I have a motion to approve the, uh, the minutes of the May commission meeting? I motion. Uh, do I have a second? Second. <clears throat> we have a motion from Commissioner Bolander and a second from Commissioner Lopez to approve the minutes. I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. Vice President Wong. Aye. Commissioner Maul. Commissioner Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Bolander? Aye. The motion passes unanimously. We now turn to item number three, discussion on the racial equity action plan. I turn the meeting over to city librarian, Michael Lambert. Thank you, Vice President Wong. Good evening, commissioners. Library staff appreciates this opportunity to provide a status update on the library's racial equity action plan. It's been a few months since our last status update in December, and I'm pleased to introduce Naomi Jelks, the library's racial equity manager, who will be delivering this presentation. Naomi? Good afternoon. So this afternoon, I'm gonna share a little bit about our progress that we've made up to date for our racial equity action plan. Um, May is the time that departments forward to the Office of Racial Equity um, any status updates on the work that has been done in, our, in their department, and much of what you're seeing today is what we've presented to the Office of Racial Equity. Thank you. Um, so here's a, the agenda. This is what I'm gonna cover uh, in, in my conversation with you this afternoon. Um, we're going to look at the successful practices that we've implemented here at the library, some demographic information about our workforce, and the um, priorities for the upcoming year. <clears throat> so there are a couple of sections that we've made some significant progress on that I wanted to share with you. Section four of the REAP highlights the development of the library's hiring and recruitment inclusivity statement, which has been included in the library's job recruitment materials and job announcements last year. I wanna give a huge shout out to the library's HR department under Lori Regler, the co-chair of the Racial Equity um, Committee, Maria Mastro-Kriakos, and the human resources subgroup, which have collaborated to get us to the point that we have, um, that we're at today. Section five of the REAP focuses on enhancing a culture of learning and development and improving the annual performance plan and appraisal report process, also known as the PPAR. It took a tremendous amount of effort by the uh, library human resources team, and so I give them kudos. Um, Another area of focus is, um, you know, we really work to promote 
uh, the benef benefit information to staff at the library, including employee assistant the employee assistance program, wellness resources, and policies. This was accomplished through the creation of three new pages on StaffNet, and StaffNet is our intranet, so it's where staff go for a variety of information um, related to how they do their job and resources available to them. Staff can learn more about these resources and workplace policies all in a centralized place. Lastly, in section six, in section six the library accommodated the request from part-time library pages page workers to change their work schedules from three to four days per week. There is still some work we're going to do on that. There are probably about a dozen locations that have not made that transition, but um, the chief of branches in partnership with HR um, and the racial equity committee really felt it was important to make movement on this because this has um, kind of come out of feedback from staff of areas they wanted to see improved uh, um, upon in terms of how they work. Um, so the Chief of Branches worked hard this past year, thank you Chief of Branches, um, and worked really intently to um, work with managers and supervisors to affect the change in the library page, library page schedules from four to three days per week. The shift was made possible for the majority of these part-time workers in the branch division, save about a half, um, half a dozen, uh, so the work continues. It has been a long-standing issue in the branches, and we're very proud that we have made significant strides in this regard. Another accomplishment in this area was the library mandated all supervisory classifications take the managing implicit tr bias training. This training um, course is one of 13 mandatory training courses library supervisors must complete depending on their supervisory classification. Uh, this, this course focuses on um, the effects of bias on decision-making, helps supervisors and managers build strategies to foster a more equitable and inclusive work environment, and enables supervisors and managers to communicate more effectively and resolve conflict with professionalism and fairness. This is our inclusivity statement. An inclusivity statement is important because it demonstrates the library's commitment to building and enhancing a diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplace that is welcoming to people of all backgrounds. It sets the foundation for what we want our community and potential applicants to know and believe about our organization and reflects on the library's values. Inclusivity statements are considered an HR best practice, and other city departments are also developing inclusivity statements to include in their recruitment materials and job announcements. Now I would like to talk to you about the improvements the library made to our employee development efforts, especially the annual performance plan and appraisal report process. The PPAR is a process of ongoing communication throughout the fiscal year between supervisors slash managers and employees about employee performance. The PPAR process encourages continual growth with feedback, coaching, development opportunities, and recognition. Employee performance and development improvement improvements focus on ways to support employee growth and success through ongoing meaningful um, communication. Improvement areas include instruction and an understanding about the PPAR process, how to have meaningful and open communication around employee needs and development, 
and how to facilitate learning and professional development opportunities for staff. Our first improvement was creating a centralized and accessible hub where supervisors slash managers and staff can access information about development opportunities, such as compiling and publishing a list of professional organizations and conferences for library employees, publishing a list of training opportunities and training courses, and promoting training and reimbursement programs. Next, the library created robust toolkits for supervisors and employees, each containing resources available and tip sheets specific to the needs of supervisors and employees. The supervisor toolkit includes three tip sheets that aid supervisors and managers on how to have effective one-on-one -on -one meetings, mitigate bias, and how to have conversations about employee development. Employee toolkit includes three tip sheets um, that aid employees in how to track their own accomplishments, how to assess their development needs, and how to engage in development conversations with their supervisor. Next, the library created a dedicated internal web page, excuse me, website with instruction on how instructions on how to prepare, prepare for, and complete each phase of the annual PPAR for both supervisors and their direct reports. These web pages provide guidance on how to clarify expectations, set goals, provide feedback and coaching, and review outcomes. Lastly, the library recently provided PPAR training for supervisors and managers, which took place in March of, 20, um, of 2023. Library Human Resources will continue to partner with the Department of Human Resources to conduct PPAR training for library supervisors and managers. <clears throat> The library will continue to build upon the tip sheets and other to and toolkits and other resources um, that we've made available for staff. <coughs> the library has made significant strides in diversifying our senior management team in the past year, and I'm very proud of this work. Out of our five new recruitments for a library senior management team in the past year, 80% were filled by diverse candidates, and 60% witnessed a change from the incumbent being non-BIPOC to BIPOC. Recruitments like these have diversified the demographics of our senior management team, which is now 57% 50, non-white and 43% white. When we first published the library's racial equity action plan in 2020, the ratio of the senior management team was 63% white and 37% non-white. In those three years, um, we've seen an, e an increase in non-white senior management go from 37 to 57%, and the work continues. Uh, this slide here shares um, race and ethnicity information about the library. So if you look at the darkest bar, that's the um, San Francisco population. The middle blue bar um, is city and county employment, and the lightest bar is San Francisco Public Library's employment data. And we are doing quite well um, in terms of re the representation of our staff. We are overrepresented in most of the racial slash ethnicity categories, with the exception of Latinx, where we are behind by 1% in comparison to the San Francisco population. 
under multiracial, where we are behind about 3.6%, and white, where we are behind about 8.1%. So this is only one piece of data that we collect and use in um, advancing um, equity and kind of figuring out how we are going to move forward to better serve community. I think what, what I would like for you to note about this slide is that this data is important for the library to monitor the progress of targeted recruitment efforts by library HR to recruit a more diverse workforce. And so I wanted to include that in there so you can kind of get a gauge where we're at and as we move forward, the changes that we'll continue to see. All right, we're almost finished. Uh, this slide focuses on our re-priorities for the upcoming year. So our first priority focuses on building our recruitment outlets. It is crucial to continue to build our recruitment pipeline and diversify our recruitment um, sources. Library HR will continue to participate in the Department of Human Resources diversity recruitment monthly meetings where strategies are shared on how to build a diverse candidate pipeline. The library will collaborate with stakeholders to identify additional community-based organizations, BIPOC professional networks, and other outlets to help foster relationships to aid in outreach for all library classes. <clears throat> Our second priority is to identify additional learning opportunities in anti-bias, diversity, equity, and inclusion for staff, managers, and the senior management team. Library HR identified a series of courses focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Currently, the Racial Equity Committee is vetting these courses to recommend if these courses would be beneficial for our staff and leadership. That is the end of my presentation. I wanna uh, thank you all for listening to my report out. And the, my, on behalf of the Racial Equity Committee and the library as a whole, we appreciate your continued support for um, our equity efforts. And I am here, and the co-chair, um, Maria Mastrokriakos, are here to answer any questions you might have. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you very much for the report, Naomi. Um, let's go to public comment before we go to commission discussion on this item. Um, as a reminder, we're going to limit our public comment to this specific agenda item. Public comment is now open here in the Corette. I'm very, very pleased to make a public comment and appreciate the opportunities. Thank you, commissioners. My name is Matthew Keniston. I have the privilege of participating on the board of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. Uh, I'd like to first acknowledge the passionate participation in today's meeting by all of those in the room uh, and on the phone. Uh, when we create a safe place to do hard work, share opinions, and challenge assumptions, we set the stage for rich discussion that can springboard to remarkable accomplishments. Friends of the San Francisco Public Library act as stewards of donor capital to support the SFPL with meaningful financial support every year. And our board celebrates the hard work of library professionals to dig into equity and inclusivity initiatives that enhance care and attention 
in our library. A productive, effective, diverse, and sensitive professional staff in the SFPL will enhance end user comfort and encourage San Franciscans to engage and enjoy the library. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Corette? Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. So first of all, thank you for this report. Uh, I'm glad that the objectives are being uh, carried forward. I think it might be useful to uh, point out that this is a phase, as I understand it, uh, it's a phase of the larger city project to carry out multiple steps, multiple phases of this racial equity action plan. And there are multiple steps that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, I might also add that there was a lot of unhappiness among the pages, as I understand it, over um, work schedules that were changed some time back. And I hope that uh, what's said has been true, I assume it is, and that is that there have been adjustments made to improve their lot as they see it. I think we want a fair and a good workplace and also that the people working here should feel and know that it's fair uh, and reasonable for them. I would certainly want to ask a question, and that is, what are the other steps? And in particular, when do we get to racial equity in the provision of services to the public? So we have, unfortunately, according to City and County of San Francisco Digital Equity Strategic Plan, a lot of inequity with respect to people's ability to get on the internet from home. And who are the ones that are least able? That's minorities, that's older people, that's folks who don't speak fluently English, um, disabled people, and so on. Um, unfortunately, the library more and more seems to be going for methods of getting at their programs and their materials through the internet. And even when the library has made efforts to advance access via telephone, just as an example, to the Zoom programs, it's not advertised any place where you would see it if you weren't on a computer. And even on a computer, there's no mention whatsoever of that access. And it requires to get that access RSVPing and then giving an email address, giving a name and address, which are privacy potential issues, and then getting back the email, and only then do you find out that there's access via telephone. And that's not equity for the... Thank you. Any further public comment here in Correct? Seeing that there's none, we're gonna to turn to public comment through WebEx. Members of the public who wish to make public comment on WebEx, please press star three to line up to speak or press the raise hand button. Operations, if there are any commenters in the remote queue, please begin to put the commenters through. 
Mr. Vice President, at this time, there are no commenters in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow commenters to raise their hand. Mr. Vice President, at this time, there are no callers in the queue. Thank you very much. Hearing no further requests for comment, public comment is now closed, and we now move to commission discussion on item number three. Commissioner Lopez. Naomi, thank you so much for such a thorough report. Um, I really uh, have to say that the information, it's, it, it shows that the work that you, you know, that everyone has been doing. Um, and I'm really impressed on that is the effort that you're putting in recruiting, but also train and retain um, the, the people that we're recruiting for this management position. So thank you so much. I don't have a question. So I, I literally um, feel that this is very uh, thorough and um, really helpful for the graphics. I'm a visual person, so I appreciate those. But um, it, it definitely reflects uh, what we as commissioners wanted to see in, um, in this plan. So thank you. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. Um, it really means a lot to us. Any other commissioners? I'll just add very quickly that I feel like every time you come before us, there is more and more momentum, uh, which is uh, so great to see. And I think it reflects, um, one, just the effects of having someone as capable as you owning the momentum and owning um, sort of pushing these work streams along. So um, uh, we always appreciate hearing more about your work. Um, and also, um, thank you. There's so many folks uh, outside that, that, are, that are involved with this. So extending our thanks and gratitude to them as well uh, and their ongoing uh, input into, into this very important work stream. Thank you so much. Um, we, I will be sure to share that with uh, folks tomorrow. We have a racial equity committee event happening tomorrow for staff. So um, I'll be getting up early to set up and make sure everything runs smoothly. But again, um, it means a lot to have your ongoing support and trust that we're going to carry this forward. And we definitely um, lean in very heavily to the leadership of the Office of Racial Equity in providing the way, you know, showing us the way and helping to bring departments along. Um, and they continue to be a source of inspiration and, um, and strength for us to kind of continue doing those, the, the work on top of the other things that we do as library staff. So thank you all. Amazing. Thanks, thanks so much to them as well. Um, let's turn to item number four, which is discussion on the city librarian's report. So again, I'm going to turn the meeting over to city librarian Lambert. Thank you so much, Vice President Wong. I've got a couple of reports this evening, and I'm pleased to introduce our first presenter. We have Lynn Davidson, who is the manager of the Fisher Children's Center, and Lynn's going to tell us all about this year's, it's the right button, she's going to tell us all about this year's exciting Effie Lee Morris lecture that just happened last week. Lynn? Thank you so much, Mr. City Librarian. Thank you to our Chief of Public Services and to our commissioners. Hi, it's been a year since I talked to you. Um, it's great to see all of you again, and it's my great pleasure to share with you 
information about this year's Effie Lee Morris Lecture. You will see right here our speaker, Dr. Jewel Parker Rhodes. We held the lecture on June 7th, last Wednesday, right here in the Corette as a co-production with our Maine Children's Center and with our racial equity manager, Naomi Jelks, and the Racial Equity Committee. Our topic from our speaker, Dr. Jewel Parker Rhodes, was words of witness and words of healing. Hello, slide. Right button. Right button, can you help me? There we go. Okay, we got it. Thank you. So you will see here um, some information about Jewel Parker Rhodes and some other remarkable people I'm going to briefly tell you about. Um, I'm allowed to call our speaker Jewel because she told me we are friends. Um, her books for youth include Ghost Boys, where the long shadows of violence against black kids and teens reach from the past into the present. Bayou Magic is about a young girl who learns to carry forward her family's magical legacy. Paradise on Fire is about a group of black city kids who learn wilderness skills and how to survive in a perilous world. And Black Brother, Black Brother is about a black kid who joins a fencing team, faces off injustice and a bully and makes a place for himself in a world that prefers his lighter-skinned brother. Among the numerous awards Jewel Parker Rhodes has received are a Coretta Scott King Award and a Walter Dean Myers Award. You'll see on the right the lovely bookmark that our graphics and public relations department helped us to create, where our public can check off the books by Jewel Parker Rhodes that they've read. You'll also see a quote from the lecture in which Jewel was talking about censorship of her work in various places. And she said, how can you try to change and make the world a better place if you're not allowed to know about it? She spoke about other topics as well, largely focusing on the beauty of words and how language has helped her both to bear witness, to lived experience, and to live in joy. It was a true pleasure to have Jewel Parker Rhodes as our speaker this year. She is one of a number of incredible speakers we've been able to host lately. And thank you to the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library for their support in making this possible. The woman for whom the lecture series is named, you'll see in the middle of this slide, Effie Lee Morris, who passed away in 2009 at age 88, was the first coordinator of children's services at SFPL. She was the first black president of the Public Library Association and the founder of the San Francisco chapter of the Women's National Book Association. The annual lecture named for her honors her legacy of championing the values that we call diversity, equity, and inclusion, eternal human ideals. Other recent Effie Lee Morris lecturers you will see here. On the left is pictured Nicola Yoon, our 2022 lecturer. On the right is pictured Jason Reynolds, our 2021 lecturer. The 2023 event was the first Effie Lee Morris lecture since 2019 to be held in person here in the Corette. We're very proud of that and also of the fact that it was the first ever hybrid in-person and live-streamed Effie Lee Morris lecture ever. This is also the year we made a strong pivot towards goals that the city librarian and our team have set. And I'm about to tell you about some of those. 
Come on, clicker. There you go. Um, so this is us. Um, we are the partners in making the F.E. Lee Morris Lecture Series happen. There's me, my manager, Megan Anderson, and the entire Maine Children's Center team, Naomi Jelks, our Racial Equity Manager, and the Racial Equity Committee. You will see on the right-hand side of this slide something we're also very proud of. These are two specially made bookmarks that our team designed and that our graphics department helped us to create. And these were put inside as bookplate bookmarks um, for the books that we purchased and distributed to our two partner schools, El Dorado Elementary and San Francisco Community School. We plated a set to be put in the books given to each school. And 300 kids and adults in the schools enjoyed the books as part of the special book club that we created. You'll hear more about that in just a moment. Our F.E. Lee Morris work group led the San Francisco Public Library System in building strong collaborative internal partnerships, creating a vibrant racial equity-focused book club for which we provided the books, and in other meaningful changes that the city librarian, our public services team, and the public want to see. So here are some of the goals listed here that we have set and met. Revitalize the F.E. Lee Morris Lecture with a youth focus. Since 2015, the Maine Children's Center has been incrementally making this huge shift in moving our F.E. Lee Morris programming away from an exclusively adult-focused lecture and more toward a series of vibrant youth-oriented programs. This year, we nailed that. We've shifted the program focus from addressing institutions that support BIPOC youth and families, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, meaning a focus on educators, authors, and the local book association and literary community members. We've shifted the focus a little bit more away from only focusing on adults to focusing on the needs and interests of BIPOC youth and families themselves. And the kids we worked with in our school book clubs this year had input into what the program looked like. This year we told all the kids who participated, you are the VIP. The goal of centering BIPOC authors and illustrators. Our goal was to involve affinity center librarians here at SFPL in planning large programs that center BIPOC voices and experience. The outcome was that Shauna Sherman from General Collections and the African American Center became an integral part of the F.E. Lee Morris planning group that did the initial planning on this event. So we're celebrating our collective leadership in building this strong collaboration from department to department within the main library. Another goal was to create a supportive partnership between the F.E. Lee Morris Lecture and the Racial Equity Manager for Public Services. The outcome was that racial equity office support was key in allowing us in the Maine Children's Center to access a tier of literary celebrity that was previously unattainable to us in terms of the caliber of the author we could present, but more importantly, the caliber of presentation we could offer to the public. The Maine Children's Center staff led a racial equity book club, which we called the Owls, in honor of Effie Lee Morris's own favorite animal at our two partner schools in the SFUSD system. And this provided the racial equity manager with the needed staff capacity to kickstart this type of program in the community. We consider this a win for all of us who were involved. 
the goal of building reading communities, partnering with majority black and brown public schools. In partnering with our two SFUSD schools, El Dorado Elementary School and San Francisco Community School, we've done exactly that. We partnered with an incredible pair of schools. And in those schools, for the first time, we hosted a virtual author talk where Jewel Parker Rhodes spoke via Zoom to 300 kids, teachers, and parents who participated from the two schools. We also hosted the book clubs that I've mentioned at the schools, where we allowed student voices to shape the events and the programming. And we responded to student um, popular vote on how to have the special kids reception that we offered by providing pizza with the author, Jewel Parker Rhodes. We gave the kids a pizza party instead of the traditional former, formal adult reception. We also, by popular demand from the kids, bought a red carpet for them to walk on as our VIPs as they went, walked into the reception. All of the hard work of this very intentional shift has paid off in the joy of our community. We also wanted to enhance kids' experience of reading. And I want to give a special shout out to two people because the very intentional work of creating and building and sustaining the book club was the result of a collaboration between Maine Children's Center part-time librarian, Rachel Fiega, and SFUSD teacher librarian, Gina Cargas. Gina was our partner as she and Rachel together built the book club from the ground up Rachel did special um, school outreach visits from the Maine Children's Center, focused on making themed um, buttons and other crafts and other activities with the kids in the schools at their sites. And Rachel also connected the kids more deeply to the subject matter of the books and to the library. Gina, as the school um, teacher librarian for both schools we partnered with, handled the day-to-day -day management of the book club and its events. Gina also got grants so that she could host a special culinary program and other programs as part of the book club. So what we created was a rich tapestry of events and activities and reading joy for the kids who participated at both El Dorado and San Francisco Community School. And now you'll see my favorite slide. Um, the June 7th event here in the Corette was the first time we intentionally planned around having a strong youth attendance. We continue to welcome all of our adult fans and partners to the lecture and appreciate their support, while we also want to fold in kids and families from our local communities. We had a huge outpouring of support from the kids, families, teachers, and staff at El Dorado and San Francisco Community School. Um, we held our pizza reception for the kids where they got to meet Dr. Rhodes. You can see that in the center slide. She's flanked by three kids. Um, we had an incredible event here in the Corette. You'll see on the lower right some of the kids and their families who attended, many of them from our partner schools and many other people from the community. In all, we had a total of 114 people enjoy the lecture, 82 here in the Corette and 32 via Zoom. We consider that a huge success because of the fact that that's roughly the amount of people who attended the lectures in their pre-COVID incarnations here in the Corette. And we hope for even more and better programming and attendance going forward. Um, 
in the reception, we also got to meet and greet a lot of the kids. On the lower set of, of slides, you'll see a picture of a mural of a bayou, I call it the bayou tapestry, um, that the kids from San Francisco Community School made in collaboration with their teacher librarian to illustrate Bayou Magic by Jewel Parker Rhodes. They also read Black Brother, Black Brother, and they really enjoyed creating um, images and themes around both of those, around both of those books, creating a lot of activities that we shared um, in the student art display in the reception on June the 7th. You will also see towards the lower left, you'll see a slide of Gina, the teacher librarian at the two schools, and two of her students. And they introduced, um, they helped me introduce Jewel Parker Rhodes in talking about all the activities that they have done as part of their book club over the past um, roughly six months. Um, you'll see one of our readers enjoying one of the free books that we gave away at the event on the lower left. You'll see three more readers on the upper right enjoying more Jewel Parker Rhodes books. We gave away about 50 books at the event, um, books that we had not previously already given to the kids to read as part of the book club. So we chose brand new Jewel Parker Rhodes books for them. Um, this was a huge event. There was a lot of heavy lifting involved, and I want to thank everyone involved. Um, you'll see at the top a picture of some of us who were involved in the event. Naomi Jelks on the left, Rachel Fiege in the middle, Jewel Parker Rhodes herself, and me on the right. Um, and I just want to thank everyone who was involved in this, Megan Anderson, my manager, and my team. This was a huge team effort. Again, Naomi and the Racial Equity Committee, um, our Chief of Public Services, Dolly Goyle, for her support and also for a very eloquent welcome to the assembled attendees on the night of the lecture. Here in the Corette, City Librarian Michael Lambert for his constant support, our friends and you, our commissioners and our public. It's been a momentous year and we look forward to increasing um, the, the breadth and depth and reach of this lecture series and, and associated programs for youth, families, and the public. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much, Lynn. I love seeing how the program is evolving, and I know Effie Lee Morris is smiling somewhere. Our next presenter is Kate Epler, our digital equity manager, and she's going to tell us about Tech Week 2023. Hello, commissioners. Thank you for the time tonight. My name is Kate Epler. I'm the digital equity manager for the library. Uh, and this is the story of Tech Week 2023. Tech Week is an annual festival of technology learning produced by almost two dozen community partners and coordinated by the library. The goal of Tech Week is to help people take their next step with technology, whether they're just getting started, as many of our attendees were, or whether they're looking to explore something new or build a new skill. Uh, we also, through Tech Week, want to spread the word about all of the free help that's available for technology through the library and through other digital inclusion organizations throughout the city. Uh, this year's celebration um, featured a special donation from Tech Exchange. They gave us 100 refurbished Chromebooks to distribute out through programs. Here you see uh, Tech Exchange Executive Director Ulysses Zatarain, celebrity guest teaching at our very own Visitation Valley Library. He was uh, running a class on email basics, which was interpreted live in Cantonese and Spanish for attendees. 
and they all got to take those Chromebooks home with them when they were done. Uh, we've been doing Tech Week since 2017, and this year's week ran from May 7 to 13. We had about 1,250 attendees throughout the week. Uh, we surveyed and we got 400 surveys back. We featured 50 events between May 7 and May 13. Uh, most attendees rated their event with either five smiley faces or five stars, and most said that they learned something new about a technology tool or resource. We got a lot of positive in-person feedback throughout this year's week as well, which is always fun. And I saw people with their program guides and they had their events circled, what they were gonna go to all week, uh, which is one of my favorite parts. And this is my other favorite part, looking at pictures. So just to give you a little bit of texture about what kinds of things we covered this year. In the upper left-hand corner, uh, you'll see a Computer Basics two-part class that took place at Goodwill. And then the top center photo is, I think, my favorite. This was a photo walk organized by Community Living Campaign in Golden Gate Park. It was offered in Cantonese and Mandarin. Uh, the, the aim was to help people learn to take pictures with their phones and then share them out. It was very well attended and people got really into it and posed for all sorts of photos like you see here. Um, I got to visit this event and it was a beautiful day and just to see like 100 seniors having so much fun was great. We had, of course, a theme this year on accessibility and technology to help people with disabilities and everyone live an easier life. In the upper right-hand corner, you see our friends from SFUSD Department of Technology getting ready for their session on everyday accessibility, where they offered one-on-one -on -one help to help people understand how to use the tools that are already built into devices they may own, like iPhones or Chromebooks. A number of this year's events featured uh, scanning, either making your photos and files digital or rescuing them if they were digital but on something like a floppy disk. We had a session from our uh, DigiCenter librarians explaining how that technology works. And here you see a scanning event hosted at the Community Living Campaign headquarters uh, with help in English, Spanish, and Cantonese. Throughout the week, we had instruction in Spanish, Cantonese, Mandarin, and we had one-on-one -on -one help uh, additionally in Vietnamese and Russian. Finally, AI was a big theme this year. Uh, it's on everyone's minds. There were sessions on sort of the future of technology. There were sessions on positive use cases for AI and some of the struggles with AI. And there was an opportunity from Supertech FT, which brought in volunteers to help children code an MBOT. So they used code to make the, the robots go around the track. And uh, as part of this year's Tech Week, we teamed up with the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development Office of Digital Equity, the SF Tech Council, and an organization called Education Superhighway to announce the launch of Connect San Francisco. Connect San Francisco is a campaign to help more San, Franciscans, for San Franciscans get signed up for the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is a federal program that provides $30 a month towards home broadband if you income qualify for it. 124,000 households in SF are eligible but only 28% are signed up, so we're working on changing that. Um, as part of Tech Week, we had two sign-up events with SF Tech Council and Tech Exchange, uh, and people, some lucky winners of the Chromebook raffle at those events you see here. I think you'll be hearing more about this work going forward as we continue with Connect San Francisco, and I think you'll be hearing more about exciting partnerships with SF Office of Digital Equity in future meetings. Uh, but this concludes my story of SF Tech Week. It was fun. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Kate. Thank you for your leadership. And under Kate's leadership, really every week at the San Francisco Public Library is Tech Week. She leads a team on the fifth floor and they're continually offering digital device drop-ins and technology courses in our computer lab. And you know, both Lynn and Kate's presentations really illustrate how the library fosters community, helps people attain skills, reach their goals, and ultimately live their best lives. And that concludes the City Librarian's Report. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, City Librarian Lambert. And thank you, Lynn and Kate, for your wonderful and, and very inspiring reports. Really appreciate it. Um, we're going to first open up public comment before our commission discussion on this item. Uh, as a reminder, please limit your public comment to this specific agenda item. Public comment is now open here in the correct. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. Thank you very much for the presentations. It's always good to hear what's going on. Um, although I have to say that for a city librarian's report, there were some omissions about recent events. Uh, Effie Lee Morris uh, was a terrific uh, librarian and person. Uh, I wish that they would have talked a little bit more about Effie Lee Morris herself uh, and why she, uh, what her, some of her contributions. Uh, one of the contributions was she got children's late fines eliminated in 1978 some 40 plus years before the library did that for adults. And she actually wanted the materials to be fine free and not necessarily uh, the kids to be fine free. And that's a whole nother story. Uh, the event was very nice and it was wonderful to come here to the Coretta Auditorium and actually have live people and a live speaker and to be able to be in the same room with the folks. Um, Unfortunately, once again, the publicity for this, I think, was very lacking. There wasn't much. And what there was uh, didn't indicate, again, as I've said, that the phone could be used for participation by those who were not here. I have to say that since I last uh, had a real issue with the publicity several years back on the previous remote, the first remote F.E. Lee Morris lecture, the library did something that I was concerned about, and that is they saved people having to pay for toll calls, which at that time were about 60 cents a minute to connect with Zoom if you even knew how to do it, and the library gave you the necessary information. There are now 800 numbers, but those two are not sufficiently advertised and not mentioned here. The Tech Connect, unfortunately, had very little about the problems and the very serious problems and downsides of tech, of social media, uh, that are more and more in the news. AI, the good, bad, and the ugly was one of three programs. Um, 
While AI can meet, bring many benefits, there are also several downsides. Several downsides. We have Tech Connect, we have AI people coming to Congress begging for uh, regulation because they're talking about the potential for uh, basically the annihilation, the extinction of the human race. There are very serious downsides, and I certainly would like to see more of that in the tech program. Thank you. Thank you. Any further public comment in the correct? Seeing that there's none, we're going to go to public comment through WebEx. Members of the public who wish to make public comment on WebEx, please press star three to line up to speak or press the raise hand button. Operations, if there are any commenters in the remote queue, please begin to put the commenters through. Mr. Vice President, uh, at this time, there are no commenters in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow commenters to raise their hand. Mr. Vice President, there are no commenters in the queue at this time. Operations. Uh, hearing no further requests for comment, public comment is now closed, and we now move to commission discussion on item number four. Commissioner Lopez. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Kate and Lynn. Um, I have just um, a couple questions about the partners and sharing the joy of reading. And um, and these are questions just out of curiosity. Um, the partnership with the, with El Dorado and the book club of San Francisco, um, how was that initiative? Or like you know, I, I'm just curious uh, why those two partic in particular, and um, will they be changing? Uh, over the years or, you know, if you can just share a little bit about the background as to those particular schools. We had had the goal for this fiscal year to create, um, for lack of a better term, a racial equity book club um, that would be focused on promoting um, the value of racial equity, diversity, equity, and inclusion in our local communities. So looking at that, we wanted to find the, a way to make the most vibrant and robust book club possible um, that would reach a lot more kids. Um, when we analyzed that, we thought, let's offer this as a partnership to our local SFUSD school community because teachers there are already running book clubs. They know how to administer a day-to-day -day book club and it, it seemed a better fit for making the mechanics of that happen um, than doing another library book club, which relies on parents to get kids here and may only happen sporadically. So um, we put out the call to our partners at the SFUSD school district. And I just said, would anyone like to partner with us to pioneer in this way, to create this kind of a book club in your schools? Ideally, here's what we'd like you to do as teachers and school librarians to administer the day-to-day -day activities of the reading club in your student population, whom you already know, whom you're already working with, and, and you know how to create um, educational programs for them. While we enhance the book club with library-focused activities as an outreach project. So Gina Cargus was the first person to respond, and she is a fabulous teacher librarian. She works um, 
full-time but part-time at each of those two schools. And she helped us design and create what the book club looked like. And then Rachel from my team um, did the library's part of that, creating regular visits to the schools, um, doing special enhancement activities with them, and really getting to know the kids and talking about the books and the values expressed in the books with them and finding out their ideas about what they wanted to see at the reception and at the lecture. So we created a reading community in that way. And that's why we feel it was so strong, because we had a strong partner in our SFUSD school librarian, and because we were very intentional about the way we structured it. We didn't want to just say, oh, we're going to check off a box. We've had a book club in the library, 10 kids came. Um, we wanted to really, really reach, especially in these days right after COVID, when we're not really sure what our in-person attendance is going to be for any particular event, much less a regular event. Um, so this seemed to meet all of the goals that the city librarian had for this project that we had, um, and looking forward. Um, I've heard anecdotally that other schools are also interested in joining us. Um, the, pa the partnership with El Dorado and San Francisco Community School was incredible. So I would love for them to be part of it again next year. We've invited them. Um, logistics on both sides being willing. We will absolutely have them back. Um, and we'd also like to expand to other schools in the SFUSD community because we feel like this model has a lot of traction and we really pioneered this, getting this out the door in this iteration and we're really looking forward to debriefing with our partners and, and expanding it and creating even more joy next year. And I will take this opportunity to mention that we already have booked our um, Effie Lee Morris speaker for 2024. The event will be in April, Effie Lee Morris's birth month, and the speaker will be author Christina Suntornvat, another incredible, incredible writer that we're able to bring to you um, with the support of not only the Friends of the Library, but Naomi Jelks and the Racial Equity Committee. Um, thank you. Uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, for a pilot, it, it, it was very successful and um, it sounds great. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the more interest uh, is developing with San Francisco Unified. Um, just another question. Um, I know I noticed that El Dorado is an elementary school. Uh, was the book club of San Francisco the same age range? Mm. So San Francisco Community School, as you probably know, is a K through eight school. And okay. so um, they had middle schoolers also participating. So we geared this program because Jewel Parker Rhodes writes books with a reading level and interest level of roughly upper elementary through middle school. That was the age that we targeted with this particular program. Um, and so at El Dorado, we had fourth and fifth graders participating. And at San Francisco Community School, we had fourth through eighth graders participating. Awesome, you answered my next question, which was the H group. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Commissioner Mall. Um, yes, okay. Um, I just wanted to mention that I think as the only um, senior on the Library Commission that I think is fantastic what you're doing with the digital program that is geared towards seniors. And I'm hoping that um, 
it really is available during the year, not just that one week. Is that true? Is it possible? Uh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It is true. Uh, every Tuesday at the Main, you can come down and see us. We've got a full house of people getting help uh, with all manner of things, phones, tablets, computer things, applying for jobs, what have you. And then um, in our library locations, we recently wrapped up a program that ran through the school year, uh, tech coaches that were at the library through a partnership with YouthWorks. They were teen interns uh, providing one-on-one -on -one help at I think seven or eight locations throughout the city. In addition, many Tech Week partners such as Felton Tech Squad uh, and Self Help for the Elderly come visit library locations periodically and provide one-on-one -on -one help as well. So there are lots of different ways and lots of different times and locations to access that help through the library and we're hoping it will only increase. or can you really drop in? You can really drop in. And there's somebody there. Yeah. Who can solve Absolutely. problems. Um, well, well, we're going to try. <laughs> like, we, we'll absolutely take a look at it and do our best. Um, and one of the nice things, particularly about the event that happens at Maine, is that we have a, an amazing squad of staff and volunteers, so we can crowdsource things too. I have not participated, and I was out of town last week, but I think it's wonderful that you're um, educating that group of people because I'm not so worried about the young people <laughs> um, and technology. I'm worried about the, um, I don't even like that word, elderly. I think seniors is a better word. I'm not sure either is a better word, but whatever it is, it is. Um, life experienced, life exactly. <laughs> who, you know, did not grow up with this and still find some things difficult. Yeah, the library is there to help. Thanks. Sure, Commissioner Lopez. Um, Kate, uh, I think I, I echo um, the fellow commissioner's comment. I just wanted to say that um, what it strikes me as fascinating about the Tech Week, uh, the program, is that you're also providing the tools. It's not just, uh, you know, like telling them how, you know, about something. It's actually, you know, like providing the partnerships that you were able to create and, and having the Chromebooks. And use, uh, it, it adds more to the learning because um, they're learning and they're practicing and they get to continue doing um, The other thing that I was um, very impressed with is utilizing the tools that they already have, like their phones, and, um, you know, taking pictures. People take it for granted, but how do you share it? How do you save them? How do you edit them? Um, those are things that oftentimes could be intimidating uh, and and people, most most people have phones, and now that opportunity that they have. So I think that there's a well thought out program. So thank you. And I looked at the partnerships too. Um, it's impressive all the the people that that you collaborate with. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're very very grateful to the Tech Week partners. It's a labor of love for every organization there. Um, and it's a fun time to come together, work together, exchange ideas, and form sort of new partnerships and new relationships with each other. 
Uh, what you say about being able to learn on a device that you're going to use again, so true. That's my favorite kind of tech class is where people are using a computer or a device that they will be able to take home, use again. They don't have to reorient to a whole new environment. Um, they say digital inclusion is a product of three things. It's a three-legged stool. It's access to a device, a three-legged stool. Yeah. Access to a device, access to internet, and uh, training and skills, comfort to use the device. And this year we hit all three, so I was proud of that. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, Lynn and Kate, thank you again for, for your reports. Lynn, I, I find it so fascinating. I mean, the, the lecture series is an institution, and, and to now see the expansion of it is uh, amazing. And, and to just see that we're continuing to press forward on uh, new formats and new ways to engage with the speaker and, and new audiences is, is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for saying that and, and for your confidence and support of us. I mean, I, I will have to say that this program is for us, for me personally, and for all my team and for Naomi, it's, it's a labor of love. And it was a lot of heavy lifting on the part of so many people that made this happen. And so just wait and see what we do with it next year. And Kate, tech is hard. I mean, it's like uh, even just the topic of um, learning how to take a photo and share it has been relevant since the iPhone got a camera. And now you have to do that. And then you're also talking about like AI and robotics and all this like crazy stuff, right? And every year it's going to expand. And so the distribution that you're dealing with is absolutely wide. And so... Um, Anyways, I, I just applaud the uh, care and thought that, that you and your team put behind this because um, you, uh, it's, it's very clear you're trying to meet where people where they are and that is so different these days. Again, the distribution is just so wide um, and, and I can imagine there could be some uh, challenges sometimes in trying to piece together exactly the right angle uh, to do all the programming with. Thank you. You're right, there really are. That's one of the nice things about working with... Um, this group of partners is that when we are planning Tech Week, we come together, we talk about what we're seeing with our users and what we're sort of seeing in the field, and the schedule develops from that. It develops from where you know the need is sort of moving and shifting this year. Um, so I'm, I'm, again, very grateful to all the Tech Week partners for all their effort and their input and their leadership on this, this uh, festival of tech. Yeah. Um, I was surprised but um, happy to learn that there's a program in the city for low-income people to get inexpensive, well, it's not totally inexpensive, but less than market rate, um, service. How are you going to get people who don't know about this program to sign up for that? Are you referring to ACP? Yeah, so ACP, um, the city is very, very interested in, in what you describe and um, getting the word out about it. And events like the ones we had during Tech Week are a big part of that. When we're promoting the event, we're also promoting the availability of this federal money that can either make internet cheaper or free or perhaps somebody to hook it up when they didn't already have it. Hmm. Really? Yeah, sure. I mean, if so it's- that's federal money? That's not San Francisco? It's federal money that could be coming to San Francisco. So when people sign up, you know, that's more money in their pocket if it takes money off their bill or right. the hope is it will inspire them to get connected at home. But how are you going to let them know that? Well, I think that's what the Connect San Francisco initiative is getting ready to really roll out. But these sign up events are a key part of the process. Um, so promoting those, you know, usually through old fashioned, you know, paper, word of mouth, posters and windows. 
um, because we can't rely on email or social media right. necessarily. Right. And that is a challenge with Tech Week promotion as well. Um, the printed program guides that our graphic department is so patient with me to <laughs> help produce and design. And Office of Digital Equity distributed those to all of the public housing sites in the city that had internet hooked up. They're heavy. Um, and so I'm, I'm very grateful to help for the help to get the word out in sort of more traditional flyer-based means because it's very important for Tech Week and for the ACP promotion that's going to come. Yeah, great. Amazing. Awesome. Let's go to uh, the final item on our agenda, which is uh, adjournment. So let's go to public comment before our commission discussion and action on this item. Public comment is now open here in the correct. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think you should not adjourn until you insist on having on, a, on future agendas an item typically near or at the end items you would like to see on future agendas. And we just now actually heard quite a number of commissioners uh, talking about what they would like to see happening in future, not just talking about Tech Week that happened, but what you'd like to see in the future. I think I heard some very interesting things from Commissioner Mall. Uh, my phrase informally is geezers and geezerettes. Um, uh, you don't think what? No, I said I don't like that either. Geezers and geezers. Uh, I would not use it in formal circumstances. Okay. Um, but I share your difficulty with phraseology that's welcoming and not in some way condemnatory or a little, you know, how senile are they anyway? Um, Commissioner Lopez likewise and Commissioner Wang, all, all of you said uh, very interesting things that I think would uh, benefit from future discussion. Um, <clears throat> nobody asked me to clarify what I meant at City Librarian's report uh, about omissions, and I think that I'm very disappointed by the Pride program. Uh, gayest library ever is on a big poster in the atrium of the main library, but there's very little visible when you go into branch branches that I've gone into or at the main library. And I was very disappointed at a program that I went to where I asked for a reading list or reading lists. Um, and I was told, oh, there are a few bookmarks out there in the new book section. And that's all there was on reading lists for gay materials and especially with Pride Month being June. So I think that would be something interesting to discuss and especially I hope it gets improved, but um, I certainly think that would be interesting for future discussion. Uh, what's been done, what's happening, and what has been provided for that month. Thanks very much. Thank you. Any further public comment here in Coret? Seeing that there's none, we'll turn to public comment through WebEx. Members of the public wish to make public comment on WebEx. Please press star three to line up to speak or press the raise hand button. Operations, if there are any commenters in the queue, please begin to put the commenters through. 
Mr. Vice President, at this time, there are no commenters in the queue. Uh, hearing, sorry, hearing no further requests for comment, uh, public comment is now closed and we move to the commission discussion and action on item number five. Do I have a motion to adjourn the meeting? I so move. Motion from Commissioner Bolander. I second. A uh, second from Commissioner Mall. We have a motion from Commissioner Bolander and a second from Commissioner Mall to adjourn the meeting. I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. Vice President Wong. Aye. Commissioner Mall. Aye. Commissioner Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Bolander. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. The meeting is adjourned.